welcome to the fourth episode of Life Around the World podcast. I hope you've enjoyed these first few episodes. We had a lot to talk about with uh, Federico in the last episode. Today we have uh, a new guest. <laughs> She's also my classmate from the MBA. Her name is Jeanette and she comes from the Philippines. Hello, Jeanette. Hi, everyone. It's cool to be talking here about my culture. And thank <laughs> you, Katerina, for giving us a space to just shed light on different parts of the world people don't normally look at. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for doing this. How are you, first of all? <laughs> well, I'm very good today, um, which is a lot to say because at the time we're filming this, it's when the weather in Bologna is very gloomy. Yeah. We saw floods everywhere. Yeah. So it hasn't been a great few days, but we're still here have yeah. surviving. <laughs> <laughs> we're very lucky, as we've seen some parts of the region. Uh, they've had to evacuate many, many families. Yes. But you were telling me this is quite common in the Philippines. Oh, yes. Uh, even if I live in the city, my my city in particular is close to the major river that runs through Metro Manila. We're known for these floods. Almost every year, something big like this happens. And we're actually very used to handling these level of floods. Um, at this point, we've built a pretty good disaster handling and relief in the Philippines because yeah. of it. The biggest, the, like the landmark storm that happened was in 2009, was called Ondoy. And at that point, um, it was completely unexpected because we often have storm signals that will tell us if there's going to be very bad weather. But for this day, it was only like at the first level. N nothing we're normally alarmed about. Schools usually still go on at that first signal. But the signal has to do more with the strength of the wind, the destruction yeah. the wind can bring, than the amount of rain. And then we had like over 24 hours of really hard rain. Like the rain in Bologna is a drizzle compared mm. to the rain we have. All of that rain for 24 hours. Um, and then it went into the catch basins, the flood basins of, um, well, the city. My city is one of those because it gets the, the water from a major mountain range ends up in that river that's a 10-minute walk from my house. Mm -hmm. And that area right around it was flooded up to the yeah. second floor. People had to be rescued. There were, you know, boats. I could. I was walking around just outside my house uh, mm -hmm. during that time, and we could see people like really gather everything they could to have makeshift rescue resources. There's a major highway close also that's like maybe one or two stories above the river, so that's mm -hmm. very high. And that time the water was reaching already the level wow. of that highway. Um, the mall that was right beside the river, the two levels of parking underground were like completely covered. Even if you go inside the mall, if you peek down at the, the basement, like the water was at the stairs mm -hmm. of the floor. So that's what happened that time. And it's no longer something too unusual for us. Uh, fortunately, though, since 2009, it hasn't reached a level as bad as that because we're more prepared, we're more yeah. aware. It all comes down to preparation and um, but here in Bologna, I don't think we ever experienced anything like this. So we were kind of taken by surprise. And Yes. Well, 
I want to say hopefully it won't happen again, but we know that these events will be more and more frequent and it is about deciding where to go from here, how to prepare and how to change our systems. Definitely. it's part of our new reality and then yeah. on the other hand like we've we've learned a lot about sustainability in our yes. mba because yeah. it's really the, the future we're talking about nicer things yes <laughs> well one thing that we have in common is our love for food of course <laughs> so how is filipino food uh, Okay, so that that's a very uh, broad topic for yes. me because <laughs> I just I love food. I love our food and f- when because of that like I see so many different kinds that I love. But yeah, like many parts in Asia and I think even in Africa, South America, like rice is a staple for for majority of the population. A meal isn't a meal without rice. Even for breakfast we'd have rice and maybe some fried or processed meat and um, like egg but a lot of our dishes also have some meat and pork is the most popular and then some vegetables so a lot of our food is also like a stew where there's broth or sauce and a lot of vegetables and meat like Italy we're not very vegan friendly not even vegetarian friendly even our vegetable dishes will have you know some some mix of meat for the flavor Um, spices aren't we use spices, but for like hot, burning, spicy food, that's confined to a few areas that are also known for their gastronomy. And is there the influence of the Chinese or Japanese cuisines? Oh, very heavy. Some of our very popular like food we consider national food actually have Chinese um, regions in their name. So one of them is called Lumpiang Shanghai. This one is like a spring roll with meat inside that's uh, deep fried. And another one is Pansit Canton. So noodles, we do have noodles in our culture, which I'm going to guess came a lot from China. Then, you know, Canton is a major region in China. We have heavy Spanish influence too. We were a colony for 333 years, I believe, to be exact. (laughs) Very easy to remember that. (laughs) But for example, one of our most popular desserts is called leche flan. We also really love like this roast pork called lechon. And it's only when I go outside of the Philippines that I realize they also have it in other parts of the world, even by the same name. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going out of your country kind of opens up your your mind to to certain things that maybe you yes. thought were like just from your place, and they're not. Yeah, I was gonna ask. So you have you still have some Spanish influence? Uh, like, do you use Spanish words uh, or? So we do a lot. So we did still keep our the base of our language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's considered an Austronesian language. Mm-hmm. And for example, when I hear an Indonesian speak, they're mm-hmm. one of our closest neighbors. It almost sounds like we should be able to understand okay. them, yeah. but we don't. So that's grammatically, yeah. for Tagalog, that's mm-hmm. the language in my um in my region, but there's a lot of other languages as well in the Philippines. Uh, because Tagalog is spoken at the capital, it's also the basis for our national language that's okay. more broadly called Filipino. So Filipino is supposed to incorporate different 
languages, the different languages we have, for mm-hmm. example, Bisaya, which is in the probably the most widely spoken local language. There's that's where a lot of the English and Spanish words come in, but Tagalog is still the main basis for Filipino. We're okay. practically speaking Tagalog when we speak uh, yeah. Filipino. So while gram- again going back to it's grammatically, uh, I guess the same language, but so many of the words and terms we use. I and again I'm only realizing now that I either study Spanish mm-hmm. or Italian or go abroad. Like they're actually they actually came from Spanish. Um, yeah. Even very common words like. Pero in Italian it's pero, but uh-huh. we use that to say but, and we use okay. it in every. It's a very it's a word you'll use a yes. hundred times in one conversation. Um, of course, yeah. in Spanish it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, puede as well from uh-huh. poder or yeah. uh, potere. That's another thing we always use to say you can do something. Very, very. So many elements of our language were actually from Spanish terms. As someone who speaks Tagalog, do you understand the other languages in the Philippines or are they very different? That's an interesting question <laughs> because, no, I don't understand mm-hmm. them. Maybe I'll pick up just very few words. But at this point, I think I can pick up more from maybe Spanish or Italian. Because okay. I suppose they <laughs> could understand you because the Filipino, as you said, is the more common language. Yes. Going back to the basic, the Philippines is a set of islands, right? Yes, okay. 7,107 islands. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a lot. Are they all inhabited? or They're not all inhabited. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, depending on the tide, if it's high tide, many of those islands disappear as well. Wow, it must be, I don't know, it must be interesting living kind of in the middle of the ocean. Uh, do you feel the difference uh, in terms of lifestyle? Um, living on an island and now living in the continent, kind of? Well, for me, not really. Even though we're from a group of islands, I live on the biggest island and in the middle of it. And it's all, it's a a big city. It is convenient that going to a beach or a bay is not Mm -hmm. too long a drive away. But my city is still a landlocked one. It's like you are in the middle of Europe. (laughs) But much closer to the beach. And there's some beautiful beaches, right? Oh, yes. I think that's what we're most popular for as a tourist destination. Mm -hmm. And we have islands like Boracay and Palawan, which are some of the top island destinations in the world. I wish I could go there. I mean, I, I hope one day I can go there. For yes, sure. I hope so. And I'll, I'll tour you around. Um, <laughs> nice. When people in when people I've met around Italy or Europe ask me about the Philippines, I always show them my vacation pictures from Palawan, and mm-hmm. it's just like crystal clear waters, beautiful Amazing. rock formations, and one of the most peaceful places in the world. Amazing. I would need it right now. It sounds really like heaven. <laughs> uh, you mentioned that um, your main meat is pork. So I guess you're not Muslims, right, in the Philippines? Oh, so we're, we are predominantly Christian, okay. specifically Catholic country because okay. of the Spanish... Uh, Influence. Yeah, I mean, you know, like in in that in those times religion was one of the main tools they used to to colonize people 
um, it was their way to to justify like they want to spread the word of God, so they're taking mm-hmm. over. But before that, our southernmost group of islands called Mindanao, they're still Muslim, and actually, I guess they were the first major religion in the country that okay. wasn't um, a native animistic religion. Yeah. So there was a lot of Muslim in the s- southern islands, and there's still a big group of them who are. Are there still people following the kind of native religion, well, spirituality? Huh, interesting. Or do you inc- are they incorporated in your day-to-day or in somehow or in your religion? Because well, I spoke in the first episode with, uh, with Ozani, my husband. There in Swaziland, they kind of made a mixture of Christianity and the local, like, traditional spirituality. Hmm. Mm. So, because I grew up in the city mm-hmm. and in modern times... I I haven't seen so much of it, but I do know a lot of our maybe more traditional beliefs about certain spirits, certain mm-hmm. mythical creatures that abound. They're still they're they're still it's part of that. our pop culture. Also, like witch doctors who yeah. we call albulario, yeah. they're still very much um, like a part of our our day to day language. But if it's people who strictly follow animism, Mm -hmm. maybe. I'm Mm -hmm. not totally sure. But we still have a few tribes who are still living their um, ancient way of life. So they still follow a lot of these practices, I suppose. Um, And you mentioned mythological creatures. Can you Mm -hmm. make an example? Oh, sure. Sounds so interesting. (laughs) So one of, probably the most popular is Mm -hmm. called an aswang. And when I grew up, I I thought this was basically the Filipino translation of a vampire. They're a lot more complex than that. Um, They're said to be able to take on some human forms like doppelgangers. You know, they have bad intentions and... Yeah, they say in the provinces they they abound a lot and you have to be careful. Um, Maybe another creepier example (laughs) is called uh, Manananggal. So these are, I guess maybe they're vampire-like creatures too. Mm -hmm. But they say that their torso can split in half. So Mm. their their upper torso can go fly. And they have a really long tongue, supposedly. They say that if there's a pregnant woman staying alone in the house mm. that Manananggal would the upper half would fly over to mm. their house above mm. their roof use their very long tongue to get mm. in the to baby? get in the woman's belly okay. and like eat the baby or something ah, okay. something messed up like that yeah i guess that's yeah, kind of an explanation for <laughs> abortion maybe but, yeah would be interesting okay wow in terms of um, interaction, because honestly, I don't know anything about Asia. Like, that's definitely a place that. I, so, I'm sorry if my questions are a bit ignorant. No, not at all. Interaction <laughs> with like other Asian countries. Which ones are the ones that um, the Philippines or, yeah, I don't know if a Filipino wants to go on holiday like close by. You know, here we go to France and Spain. Uh, do you have that um, with other Asian countries or? Oh, definitely. 
So Singapore and Hong Kong were the number ones because they were very close Mm -hmm. and they're already known as tourist hubs. Um, Japan is another one, but it used to be more expensive and inaccessible. But in the advent of like cheap um, airlines like Ryanair here, Japan has become more accessible. So has like Vietnam, um, Indonesia for Bali specifically. Thailand was another major one. So we do get to travel pretty easily around Southeast Asia. Okay. Maybe the most up-and-coming place would be South Korea. Ah, yeah. Because <laughs> now they're a major part of pop culture. Um, Filipinos are really into K-pop and K-dramas. Yeah, so, you know, okay. to then get to the destination is a, a major dream and yeah. a, fan, a fan thing. <laughs> I was going to say who is, and these days everybody's <laughs> yes. so into South Korea. Okay, and in terms of uh, maybe political influences or... Well, we're very much caught up between the U.S.-China almost Mm. Cold War Mm -hmm. because we're right south of China, short, like from Taiwan, we're like an hour flight away. So that proximity is already, you know, puts us in like a hot spot. But we were also an American colony for, I think, like 50 years. Mm -hmm. So there's still those like somewhat diplomatic ties and... If, if we're caught between the two, then we try to make a deal with the other as well. Yeah. Sometimes there's some military basis or action involved, so it gets complicated between the two countries. Yeah. Um, for more, maybe for more economic reasons and maybe a bit diplomatic, but mostly economic, uh, aside from those two, we also have Japan. They're actually responsible for building a lot of our infrastructure and providing the loans to do so a lot of it also started with reparations from the world war yeah but it blossomed into like a partnership that they're a major economic supporter of us out of curiosity are there black people in the philippines nowadays so i wouldn't say so i mean there might be a few who you know expat the ones we call negros or negritos are the ones from some of our tribes from okay. from the mountains. Yeah. So okay. they're they're darker skinned, but they're yeah. more of the traditional ones. Okay. Um, if they're from Africa, they're expats. What brought you to to do an MBA in Italy? Ah, yes, one of my favorite <laughs> questions. Well, I was really at a point in my life where I wanted to take my MBA, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do it somewhere totally different in a different country Um, and I was still looking for a program in English Mm -hmm. so the US, Canada, even Australia or UK were way too expensive and then I found Europe was more affordable but most of the countries in Europe cater to their language or if it was in the Nordics that was still too expensive so with Italy I found a program in English and when I saw Bologna's program it specialized in food and wine. So I wasn't thinking of specializing, but like food and wine is, is my hobby, you know, like yeah, we were talking about. I, I <laughs> love trying different food, making food, pairing it with wine. Yeah. So when I saw I could specialize in food and wine <laughs> in Italy, it was Wild like a perfect <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> and how has it been so far? 
oh, it's been so much fun. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, as you know, especially if you're Italian, there's a lot to complain about with Mm -hmm. the the country, with the government. But uh, as a foreigner, I'm just mostly having fun. Italy has some of the most beautiful cities and sites, I think, on earth like that I could imagine the food everywhere is great I love how it's such a big part of the culture like each city each town and region would really take pride in their food offerings Um, it's also I think the only country that has that produces wine in every region Mm -hmm. and each region has some special grapes that yes. they, they really cultivate. It's Isn't not it, uh, the, the country with the highest variety of grapes. I it think is. in Italy, the world doesn't know that yet. Yeah, <laughs> not yet, but yes. we're studying it, so we, we're working on that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, um, and you've traveled a bit around Italy as well. Have you? Do you have oh, any yes. favorite places? Oh yeah, I think the top two would be. First, Verona, Mm. just because just the view of the city, it's so charming. It's Mm -hmm. not like Rome where there's the beautiful Colosseum that's just that will leave you awestruck. But the whole town just looks a bit more charming and romantic. So it makes sense that Romeo and Juliet was set there. (laughs) And another place I really enjoyed was the Amalfi Coast because I did the hike on the path of the gods there and Mm. that just makes me very biased you could see (laughs) the entire coast like beautiful um scenery some old rock houses and you walk that for like five hours Mm -hmm. then see a coast with colorful buildings i haven't been yet i I passed by yeah but i haven't really been so (laughs) it's on my wish list for sure Oh, I hope so. <laughs> so <laughs> many places to go to in the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was it your first time in Europe? Or? It was. Okay. So I, I moved here for the first time on my own. Mm-hmm. First time in Europe. And it's been an adventure. I love traveling, so I've been taking advantage of how easy it is to get around here. And what do you miss most from home? The food, okay. definitely. <laughs> yes. And my dog. Mm-hmm. And the rest of my family. Okay, for sure. We were speaking with Federico about how sometimes what you miss most about home is home. Yes. <laughs> it's just as simple as that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Have you been cooking Filipino food here? Hardly. Ah. Um, just because with all of Italy's ingredients, I wanted to... Ac- I, I like experimenting with new things. Mm-hmm. So I'd been experimenting dishes I haven't tried before with ingredients I didn't have back then. Um, but I do miss our food. And I think the time I did cook Filipino food was when we had our international dinner, dinner together. Yeah. Uh, but well, but you were telling me about some weird traditions about Italian food in the Philippines, <laughs> like ragu in a can. Actually, we don't have ragu in a can, but I okay. found that here in Italy. You may, you may want to check with the authorities about whether <laughs> wow. that's legal. Okay. Um, the weird, th- the weird thing mm-hmm. going to be weird for Italians we have is our equi- the closest equivalent we have to s- spaghetti with bolognese sauce mm. with, with ragu. We make it sweet. Mm. So it's like a sweet okay. tomato spaghetti sauce but okay. with beef, tomato, onions, okay. garlic. 
just what we're used to. It has yeah. some like hot dogs as well. Hot dogs, like yeah. the um, sausage kind of thing. Yes, yeah. the the okay. red kind as well. Yeah. That's all <laughs> full of food coloring. Twitch the what are some of the main cultural differences that you found? Is there something that has been kind of annoying you or? I mean, I'm sure there's definitely a lot of differences. But what struck me more when I went here was the similarity between okay. our, our cultures yeah. and the difference. Mm-hmm. Maybe it has to do with the, the Spanish influence and like the similarity of cultures, I think, around the Mediterranean area between... Yeah. Italy, Spain, and even France. So Italians are known for being late, and we also have (laughs) Filipino time, which I think is even worse than Italian time. (laughs) Like rules, they're definitely suggestions. If you're powerful enough, or you can work your way around it. Yeah, the the rules don't really matter, and then people have to put more rules and Mm -hmm. more bureaucracy and red tape because... People like to work around the laws. <laughs> yeah, you're not the first person to say. I think maybe it was Loza, um, but that she also said that actually she found more similarities than she thought. It makes me think maybe, first of all, we kind of tend to expect maybe the di- a lot of differences, but actually we are people. <laughs> like, <laughs> we are people. But then also what uh, Professor Rana was saying about how actually most of the world is, uh, like you say, like rules are just suggestions. Mm-hmm. But we, we tend to see a different kind of culture and we tend to feel like that's the dominant one. Well, because in a way it is. And then, so then we're surprised to see that actually it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. I think at the end of the day, we're people with like very human tendencies Mm -hmm. and feelings. Maybe it's just the artifacts of the culture that differ. Like we have our spaghetti sweet and you have tagliatelle al ragu, but we're still going to be late to dinner. (laughs) 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 There's a lot of Filipinos here in Italy, right? Have you met many of them? Well, admittedly, I haven't. With the Filipinos who I I knew from back home, mm-hmm. I'd been meeting up with them and we travel around like some yeah. are in France and Switzerland um, and Germany. So the ones I knew from back home, I meet up with. But it's also because of how busy we are with school. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like an adventure I guess I had I hadn't yet felt the need to go back to mm-hmm. my culture and like want to celebrate it, but I enjoy telling people about it. I think most of the Filipinos that are here came here maybe forty years ago or something like that. Do you know of like a migration that there was? I, I don't actually, but not with Italy specifically. Okay, but I think starting from the eighties migration of Filipinos has just really accelerated. I have a lot of family who went abroad, most to the U.S., so okay. my fa- my mom yeah. and father's relatives, many mm-hmm. of them are there. And it's very likely that aside from there, um, they also went to Italy and other countries. Yeah. And how has it been working with people from so many different cultures? Is it something you were used to or ready or 
Has it been new? It's It wasn't new. It didn't feel new to me because mm-hmm. I, I guess I was used to it. Um, for one, my my organization, my, like my club in college, was specifically about connecting people from around the world. Um, okay. It had chapters in different countries. And okay. um, in fact, one of my flatmates now, I learned, was also a member of that organization. I guess having an international perspective wasn't yeah. new to me. And then my first job was also at the multinational. We had to speak with, I worked day to day with people from Sydney and mm-hmm. we'd always be calling back and forth. My job after that was purely remote and mm-hmm. people again from different countries. So it wasn't new to me, but it was nice getting to meet uh, different people in person yeah. and just yeah. observing the differences. But I think it went back down to, at the end, it feels, we feel more the same than different. We're all yes. people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the frustrations are all the same. Yes. <laughs> I think we, we covered a lot. I know I can talk quite, a, quite long and complex with complexity when, about certain things I'm interested in. But I'm really thankful you gave me the space to to share that with other people thank you so much it's been great thank you all for listening i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did it was interesting to learn about uh, a different part of the world and then what i'm used to if you did enjoy it remember to subscribe like uh, maybe even suggest the podcast to a friend and remember you can contact me on instagram at life around the world podcast or via email at lifearoundtheworldpodcast at gmail.com. I'll be back in a month on the 18th of February with a new episode, and we'll be talking about Sudan. should be very, very fascinating. So I hope you have a good day. Bye-bye.